All right, cool. So bonus round. Let's talk about playtesting. Now, this is you've got Stutter Leap on Kickstarter right now. That's your second game that's going to be published. So you've done some playtesting. Like you've gone through the process, and I've been following you on Twitter for a while, so I've seen kind of the process and things you post on there. Tell me about your process for playtesting, and then let's talk about like how to really do effective, good, solid playtesting. Okay, first, you have to have the right people at the right time in the right place. Okay, um, by the right people. You should play test with people that would buy your game. Okay, like if you have a heavy game, don't play test with people that only play filler games. Like that's going to go poorly and they're going to give you feedback and that's not the feedback you want. Um, so if somebody is going to buy your game, they're going to buy it because they wanted to buy it, you know? Right. So, and then you have to have the right time. So, the right time I have found, don't do it after midnight. You know, every playtest <laughs> right. I've had that was after midnight, I have gotten the harshest feedback on. And it's like, mm. well, I decided that again that I was going to playtest when people were tired. And this could be different times for different people. But yeah, like you, you will get terrible feedback. I advise everyone to at least try it just to see like what happens when they play test at like 2 a.m but yeah you're gonna get a lot of stuff that you just can't use like you know you could have play tested it at a normal time and gotten you know good feedback so also choose the right place so the right place would be somewhere that's not you know a crazy noisy bar you know if you are doing something like strategic and stuff that's not a bar um, play where people that would play your game would naturally play your game. Like, if it's a party game, sure, go play it at a bar. You don't need people to be, like, super concentrating. But if somebody is blind playtesting your hard game and somebody is shouting because there's also a football game going on, <laughs> you know, they're not going to learn that well. Like, right. that's just a fact. No, I think that's really good advice. It's it's being aware of what you're doing. This is almost like scientific research in a lot of ways. Like it's not obviously not that heavy or anything like that. You're not working on climate change, but it, <laughs> it needs to kind of have that feel to it. I remember Rob Davio when he came on the show. He talked about at Hasbro, they would have a, a playtesting room where they would bring in uh, you know a four person family. They would have the two parents and the two kids, and the one kid is age five, one kid is age eight. Very specific group of people that they would find to bring in for playtesting, and then they would sit in a room and basically almost like an interrogation room at like a police station kind of thing where you've got like the, the mirrors on the walls that, you know, two-way glass kind of thing. And, the, and him and other, other developers would watch and take notes watching these people play. And it's like, wow, that's like super clinical almost, like very detached and all that. But it would give them really good uh, feedback for what was wrong with the game, what problems they were having, different things. And so I don't know that you have to do that or if you have – if anyone listening to this even has access to that kind of an opportunity <laughs> – but I think take it seriously, like really take a research uh, approach to it. Take notes, take really good notes, have a system for taking notes. Let's, let's talk about that real quick. What system do you use for taking notes during a playtest? 
So I always take lots of pictures. I like to see where the game was when it started, in the middle, at the end. But I also have um, playtesting notebooks. I have them for every game, and it has certain things to fill out. Um, they're the ones from 1,000 XP, um, where yeah. it says, like, how many players are playing? What's the goal of the playtest? How, uh, um, how long did the game go? It's a bunch of, like, really important information that you might not uh, think about until it's too late to figure it out. So I always use those notebooks. Um, if I don't have them, uh, you know, my phone has notes, and I try to get everything. Yeah, and so let's let's go into how do you run an effective playtest? Because any, we're we're not talking about sitting down and playing a game. That's different. Playing your game is different from playtesting your game, right? There's some very specific and, and differences in in that in those two different things. So how do you run an effective playtest as opposed to just sitting down with some friends and playing this new idea you've got? So I like to start it off and let people know what we're doing and why we're doing it and like setting the tone, like be very open and be like, hey, if you think of anything, you know, you can tell me, you know, it's if you see anything wrong with the game, I want to know. I want to know everything that's wrong with the game, like make it very open, like people don't want to tell you what's wrong with the game. If you don't set expectations, they might just at the end of it be like, hey, fantastic game, great job. And that doesn't help you out at all. Like, you have to um, ask the hard questions. Like, um, another thing that I try to do is when it goes into the question, like, after we've played, ask them, like, what's the worst thing about this game? Or say, like, hey, that game went, went on really long. Wasn't that terrible? And, like, if you set it off at a negative tone like they'll know that it's okay to say negative things like that's really what you want you can also when people are playing you could ask them like if they ask you any questions be like why do you think that or what do you think you should do like always ask more questions don't just like tell people to do the thing because if they think it should be different than what it is maybe it should be or maybe you should do something to make it more obvious on why it's the way that it is. Yeah. Now, do you have do you have any kind of system for like capturing this feedback other than writing it down? Like, do you have little surveys you give people for them to fill out and answer questions, or do you do you do anything like that? Uh, I have a Google form. Uh, I don't send it out all the time. Sometimes I just go through the questions and get answers like that. Um, but yeah, Google forms are great, especially when people aren't with you. Like you can be like, Hey, here's a Google form, fill it out when you want. And it has a bunch of areas to put in ideas for things. Yeah. What are some of the questions on that form? First off, I have multiple forms. Uh, I have a rules playtest form and then like a regular playtest form because it's yeah. like you need to really get your rules to be right. Like you can do blind playtesting, but before you do blind playtesting, you can just send the rules to somebody and be like, hey, just read these rules and fill out this form. It'll be easy. Um, and you can just make up scenarios and be like, okay. Um, so uh, in my Stellar Leap one, I was like, if you were traveling from this planet to this planet, what number of resources would you use? Just to try to see if, like, that concept was actually understandable. Did they get it? You know, and, like, also a question, like, did you have to look up any of these? Like, mm-hmm. which ones did you have to look up? Yeah, so it's almost like a little quiz kind of thing of, did people understand your rules? Yes, exactly. It is a quiz. Like, well, that's what uh, the form is. Um, but then I also have things, like, for specific stuff. Like, oh, did they play the five-player variant? 
there's a different form for that because you have to look at different things for different player counts. Like for five players, like was this way too long? Like, well, that's important for all games, but especially like in the higher player counts and like the very specific rules. If you have a variant, were the variant rules hard to remember? Yeah, I wish I wish more companies would do the. Does this play too long at five or six players? Question. Because some companies are just they are liars when they say, yeah, this <laughs> game goes from two to six. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It goes from two to four. And if you hate your life, you could play it with five or six. Yes. Like if you really don't want to enjoy your time, you could do that. But so I wish more people would be upfront and honest about that. Yeah, it's just it's so infuriating because I buy games <laughs> for six players and then it's like mm-hmm. they did not play test this as six or maybe they <laughs> did it once. So um, right. some of the other, uh, I have like an opinion section in the forum where it's like, what would you change about the game? What's the worst aspect of the game? How much did you enjoy it? Did it feel unbalanced? Did anything interesting happen? I really like this question because people are going to remember like the interesting stories about your game. You want yeah. interesting stories to happen. So if they happen during playtesting, you can kind of like... That could be another measure. Like, how many times did somebody have an interesting story? Like, that means that you're getting a better game. And also ask for, like, vital information, like scores, you know, so you can just spreadsheet them. Like, what was the lead player's score? What power did they have? Were they first? Were they last? And, like, go through all of that. Just to know, like, okay, if the first player always wins, that's bad. Right. And then a uh, final picture of the board just to see like what happened at the end. Uh, it also shows if they played it correctly because it's, mm. it's very important when you're not there to determine if they played it correctly. Yeah. No, I think having all that data and again, going back to what we were talking about earlier with tracking things and the graphs that you can create with that data, it goes a long way in helping you understand where your game is. Now, uh, the game I've been working on for a while, this football game, when it was just me and my wife playtesting at two players, the game was almost always really close. Like, it would always come down to two or three points at the end. It really came down to a very, very close match at the end of the game. And the whole time, we both felt like we were in it and we could win. But when it went to four players, when some started doing blind playtesting and other people started playing it, that was not the case. Like, they would have these huge runaway leaders, and like other people would be like, why am I even playing this game for the last 15 minutes? Because I have no chance of winning. And it's like, oh... Okay, this is a problem, but it's keeping track of that data and keeping track of the scores, keeping track of did the first player win 85% of the time, like all those different things that allows you to make the game better as you go through the development process. Now, do you, when you're doing playtests, do you play or do you just sit back and watch? Uh, it depends. Sometimes I, like, it really depends on the, um, the time that you're playtesting. Um, if you are playtesting and you just want to know if things work or if it's balanced, stuff like that, you should definitely play because then you can play, you can show people what a good turn is, and then they can go from there. If you're trying to figure out, you know, are the like if you're blind play testing, definitely don't play. Like just let them figure it out. Don't say anything, don't do anything. If you have to play, play last. So then and also play maybe poorly. Um, mm. don't do the ideal thing if you know what the ideal thing is to do. And it depends on the people you're playing with. Um, if they don't know that you're the designer, then that's good for you. Yeah, awesome. Well, Carly, you got any other advice or tips and tricks on playtesting? Um, you really need to 
be a really good like people watcher knowing when people understand stuff like and being able to like just look at them and being like they don't understand it okay that's step one knowing when they don't but the next step is figuring out why they don't understand the thing that they aren't doing correctly um you kind of have to get into their head and maybe ask certain questions but you can't give away that you you know that they're confused um Mm. Well, because people don't like to be confused. They don't like you, right. for you to point out that you know that they're confused on something. And you don't want to offend them. People have personalities and you have to work with that. So uh, yeah. that's also something. Learn how to work with a variety of people and how best to interact with them. One thing you could do is look up uh, what the Myers-Briggs test. And mm-hmm. then if you learn how to interact with all the 16 types. Like I haven't done that yet. Um, But I've gotten through a couple of them. Like, some people like questions. Some people hate them. But if you learn to interact with all the different kinds of people, then you can get the best data back because you know how to get them to give you the right feedback. Because uh, playtesters tend to not know how to give feedback. You have to keep questioning. You have to, like, look into what they say because they might say, like, hey, add in a bidding mechanism. And you have to think, why do they want to add in this bidding mechanism? Like, what are they right. trying to solve? And just why? You can't just do the things that playtesters say because they, well, one, they might not be a game designer. And even if they are, they're not the designer of your game. You're the designer of your game. Yeah, I think figuring out what they're really trying to say is such an incredible talent to get to the why. Okay, they, they, they say we need a bidding system here, an auction system, but what they really mean is that the, the resources are too tight or something like that. You're getting down into the why, and I think that's so important. But, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, this is, this is kind of scientific. You're talking about player psychology. You're talking about people and their personalities, their identities, and how to work with different people and like that. And there's a lot of, like, science that, that kind of goes into it. Well, cool. Uh, Carla, again, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for just all the really great advice, the, the tips and the tricks and ideas and all that good stuff, and good luck with everything you got going on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a great time.